What's going on, everyone? We're continuing our conversations about the future of work. And as anything, when you talk about the future, innovation, change, and disruptions come into play. So to kind of dive a little bit further into that today, we've got our friend Pang Chai, who is the founder and managing director of KP Venture Partners, who does a lot of work in this space, specifically helping startups work with corporates. I should say helping corporates work with startups. It's an interesting space, and I think it's going to play a very important role in the future of work as we look at this. So, Pang, thank you so much for taking the time to come and talk to us today. No worries. Pang, right off the bat, before we get into it, can you tell me a little bit about KP Venture Partners? Because you, you, you wear a lot of hats personally, but KP Venture Partners is involved in a lot of spaces. So I just want to clarify that for the audience so they know exactly what the framing is. Sure, sure. The first thing that we do is we focus on venture catalyst uh, type activity. So this includes corporate finance, uh, advisory, uh, fundraising, uh, M&A, and also, you know, some work in, in the area of uh, debt and capital restructuring for uh, companies. So with, with that um, background, experience, and, and uh, expertise that we have in that area, um, we also um, went into uh, Venture Studio. Mm-hmm. So this is where we sit and act as uh, interim management for startups to help them uh, drive, uh, provide guidance, and give them uh, advice on various um, needs of startups to be successful. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, we do uh, fundraising, uh, uh, you know, M&A type work. So it comes into handy, actually, once you start working with these startups that are, I I wouldn't say early. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're very selective on who we take uh, into the studio um, with an aim uh, of no more than two years to get them to a Series A round. So they've already got to be essentially seed, post-seed type of uh, companies for a two-year runway. Correct, correct. Right, and so how does that play into your, your work in innovation, having these startups in, I guess they're part of the portfolio at KP? Right, right. So we've done uh, some investments in startups in Australia. Um, we also have, um, uh, you know, equity in startups here in Thailand, as a matter mm. of fact. And, and what we do is, you know, work with them closely. And we have a belief that in order for them to be successful, um, they need to, you know, leverage and capitalize on the startup ecosystem, mm. right? and, and that includes uh, governments, uh, investors, mm. as well as corporates. So, talk about those stakeholders. Those are really the, the foundation of the startup ecosystem anywhere. And so, what what does that ecosystem look like? That startup or that innovation ecosystem look like in Thailand? What state is it in right now? Um, I mean, I've over the past three years, um, I mean, my 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 views is that in Thailand um, there are startups, but they are taking, you know, not a new idea, mm-hmm. but an idea from say other countries, yep. and trying to adapt and and somewhat innovate mm. uh, here in Thailand. Um, kind of contextualize it. Yeah, 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 and adapt it to the needs uh, of the market here. But they haven't, you know really innovate in terms of, you know, a, a new, you know, technology or IP or things like that, right? Mm. So, so that's a, it's a, it's a different level of innovation, I guess. But it's, it's sort of that iteration phase. And that's what a lot of corporates try to do, which I guess is kind of why startups working with them is a good fit because it's a little bit more agile, but in that same direction. 
Yeah, startups, you know, I mean, everyone's like, hey, when's, when's the next unicorn? Uh, is it going to be in Thailand and so forth? So in order to to be a unicorn or um, to reach that level, you, mm. you really need to have scale, right? And um, by working with corporates, especially if you are a, uh, you know, a regional uh, player, then the corporates can really help you to scale, okay? So what's the benefit that the startup brings to the corporate? The the startup gets the scale, gets the exposure to this sort of different culture, this these resources. What do, what does the corporate get in, in return? Uh, well, the corporate, you know, it's always a challenge to innovate uh, from within a corporate yeah. uh, environment um, you know, because if there are many factors. It could be uh, capabilities. It could be know-how. Um, mindset. Mindset as well. So when you bring in a startup, uh, you bring in a different dynamic. You bring in, you know, perhaps disruptive technology, things that corporates need in order to quickly uh, uh, innovate mm. uh, from within. And the corporates benefit really well is because, you know, they have they have a problem, right? Mm. They have a use case. Here, you bring in a technology to to fix that, to resolve that. And within a corporate, you have domain expertise. Yeah, right? deep, deep domain expertise exactly and and that's where startups will benefit because they validate right mm. they validate that by working with this corporate here is a real problem and, and i can resolve it mm. so it, it's, it's really you know if you look at the ecosystem i, I think corporates uh, are, are key mm. in in making the startup uh, success you can have the funds you can have all the support you want but if you don't have a, a, a real live use case mm. um it's, it's a challenge and, and like you said, it also brings a new dynamic, perhaps a, a new perspective to the corporate that they can play off of. Uh, corporates nowadays, you know, um, besides using technology to to innovate and, and to resolve issues, they also have the corporate venture cap, right? Mm. So they can also diversify. They can invest in uh, technology that can address their their problems as well as um, getting their hands into other you know, uh, areas as well. So you're diversifying your investment from a from a investment perspective. Now, how hands off or hands on do you, the corporates need to be for that to really be beneficial? Um, it really depends on, in, in my view, is uh, the culture of, of the corporate. Okay. Um, you know, you obviously need to cultivate. Um, there are um, with this generation, I think. You know they're very tech savvy. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you have those within your company, they're more um, you know likely to adapt quickly mm -hmm. and and um, contribute quite a bit uh, and, and to help that that integration, if you will, between the corporate and the and the startup uh, accelerate quite quickly. Mm. It's interesting that the you know sort of it has to bend to one culture or the other, right? It can't just you can't take it in and expect it to be 100%. There has to be some leeway. Um, absolutely. It's, it's a give and take. It's, it's almost, you know, a balance, right? Um, you know, internally, corporates may be reluctant, right? Mm. Um, people are afraid to, that they're losing their jobs or they're losing... Um, always, a, always a big concern, especially with a corporation. Yes, yes. But and actually, you know, you have, you know, certain knowledge, expertise that's valuable to the startup, mm. right? They don't know your business. They don't know your particular uh, issues, right? Yeah. So, so by, by, I think, having the right balance is very important. And also the startup, um, you know, having the corporate, um, you know, support and background, it's, it's tremendous. And that validates and, the, and they can fine-tune mm. their solution and, 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 you know, provide something that, that really 
resolves or solves a problem. I was just about to ask about that particular aspect of it. So getting that sort of corporate exposure, that validation, is in theory, and you look at it, it's fantastic. How often does the startup actually have to do some work to sort of open their eyes or, or change their mindset on the value of corporates? A lot of times we see startups sort of have this anti-corporate culture that they're proud of, and rightfully so for a lot of reasons, but as you pointed out, there's so many benefits on both sides. Have you ever come into contact with a startup that just really wasn't open to the idea? Well, a lot of startups, they, the founders or the co-founders, um, they're entrepreneurs, so mm. so they don't like the corporate environment yeah. already, right? And that's why they came out to, to start their own business. But they also have to understand that uh, corporates, you know, play a, a, a very vital role um, to their success, mm. uh, no matter how, how you look at it. Um, so it's just a matter of, of you know, finding that balance I mentioned and then and finding ways to communicate and work together. Otherwise, you know, you, it's again, it's part of the corporate, uh, not the corporate, but the startup ecosystem. Yeah, that culture too. Mm. I, I find a lot of times that, there, there are corporates, and, and it's not just a Thailand thing, it's definitely globally, because I, I saw this for the first time in the U.S., where they, they realize that startup culture is popular, people like it, and they try to replicate it, and it comes across as incredibly unauthentic, hmm. right? And then there are companies that do sort of what you're helping facilitate. They bring startups in, they take the pieces that fit well, that work well. And they put it in place, and those seem to be the much more organic, successful, long-term integrations of culture in both sides. Mm-hmm. A lot of those startups that I've seen go through that process with corporates come out being much more structured and much better, much more well-run businesses, I'll say, because they took a bit of that, oh, this is how a real CFO or a CFO from a big company does it, or this is how a CEO from a large company manages this structure. Have you started to see a lot of that sort of symbiotic uh, relationship develop with these companies that you've worked with? Um, depending on you know the the corporates, um, a larger corporates obviously takes a bit more time. It takes time to percolate, right? Exactly. Um, with a say medium size, um, there's more acceptance mm. and and adjustments um, in, in working with the the startups. Happens quicker. It happens quicker, and the the you know top to bottom, it's just, it's it's much much leaner mm. than a larger corporates where you have middle management. Sometimes they don't align mm. with senior management, even though they want to uh, innovate, they want to digitalize, they want to transform. But when it trickles down, it's 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 you know it's not working. It's for not some working reason. for some reason. Correct. So where does that buy-in have to happen for it to be widespread? Do we need to see that buy-in at the top, or especially with a big corporate, does that middle management buy-in matter a ton? Um, I think the mid management has to, you know, buy in they as ha- well because they, they take are, that cue from the top, or. Um, well, they, you have to, you know, get them to understand, mm. uh, get them to be involved, and, and they play a significant, important role in making that transformation because they are part of the execution team, if you will. Yeah. Right? Management will say, hey, I want to go this way, but it's the middle management that has to execute. Mm. Um, and also they have to understand the, the uh, you know, the culture, the environment, and how to work with startups, right, to make it really uh, effective and productive. So a lot of buying, a lot of moving parts. Exactly. Uh, you have to, you know, put put your egos down. Tough. Uh, 
and, and you know listen right listen yeah. to the startups and then startups vice versa has to listen to the corporates as well so again it's it's what we do is we come in to help facilitate and, yeah. and to really you know, bring the two together in a uh, a nice marriage a nice yeah a nice marriage a successful marriage not one of these american marriages yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's just a joke just a joke and I think that's interesting, though, because, again, we're, as we talk about the future of work and, and innovation, a lot of corporates are looking at how they will be relevant in the next decade. And what we've seen is so many of them turn to startups to try to find that relevance, to try to find that, that edge that will, will get them there. And I think back to when I started my first company in the 90s, there were no big corporates on the East Coast in Boston where I started my first company looking to work with me at all. They all, even bigger startups than me wanted to kill me, right? They wanted to put me out of business. Right. And I, I see the collaborative side of the ecosystem today being much bigger, a lot more companies willing to work together, to talk, to share information. And it seems that corporates are getting into that game as well. Yeah, I think in the past, corporates, is, you know, they they view themselves as a, a big player mm. um, with resources, money, right? So with that, I can do anything. That yeah. that was their mindset. Right? Why, why, um, you know, share my ideas or or um, innovation ideas, right? Mm. And what happens is that, you know, when you are trying to innovate from within, the mindset's not the same mm. as if you're a startup trying to survive, yeah. right? So um, people become a little bit lazy, um, you know, inactive, and what happens? Sitting on their laurels. Exactly. So they just drag on everything because they have a safety net. Right? Mm -hmm. I have a corp. I have corporate job. I'm getting paid on a monthly basis. Why? Why hurry? Mm. Okay. So the urgency is not there. Versus a startup, uh, they're bootstrapping, limited funds. They are in survival mode. Okay, so, uh, but nowadays, corporates understand that if they don't embrace startups, startups will then do their own thing yeah. and start to, you know, um, penetrate um, their customers. Win their market. customers away. Exactly. You know, one of the things, you know, you said startups are in survival mode. I, I remember when I started my first company, and again, Boston, 1987, 19, not 1987, God, I'm not, not that old, 1998. And I know you're a fellow Bostonian in, in that regard. Right. And I remember someone said to me, you know, you've got to be hungry as a startup. And I didn't realize they meant literally because I was hungry every day because <laughs> we had no money. And I was basically eating ketchup sandwiches, you know, like putting like the tiniest amount of peanut butter. There I go. You know, and it's that hunger that puts you in survival mode, though, that really makes you motivated. Exactly. And it gives you a motivation that. I think a lot of people lose at corporates for the reason that they're very safe right. or they feel safe. At least they have a check, you know, they have the ability to earn cash safely. They know they're going to get paid. Uh, when you started KP, I'm sure you didn't know where your first paycheck was coming from, right? You had clients lined up, but when, when are billables due, you know, or who's going to pay and right. Right. You know, you, you embrace that and it's something that isn't always welcome at the corporate level. So uh, to wrap it up, I, I want to kind of ask you on that note, Pang, where, what can a corporate do right now if they want to start to work with startups, if they want to get a little bit of that hunger, that survival mode into their culture and benefit from the things that startups bring to the table? 
Um, I, I think it's just the the uh, culture within the corporate. Yeah. So it has to, you know, be be in their DNA, if you will, right? So that is a challenge itself. So you have to, you know, uh, I think initiate uh, various programs, um, see some results, get your employees engaged, mm-hmm. uh, give them that flexibility. Um, and and let them you know think out of the box. Let them make decisions, whether it's right or wrong. Let them make those decisions, right? If it's wrong, then what do you do to correct mm. correct them and then get back on track? Mm. So um, I think, as you know, you know, in a Thai corporate environment, it's always you know, well, I'll just let the boss tell me, yeah. you know, what to do, when to do it, right? Because I don't want to make a mistake. So so that mindset has to um, um, you know be be washed up, I guess. So not every corporate's going to be ready for this right off the bat. They might have some work to do. They might, exactly. I mean, if you're a bigger corporate, it'll be a tougher challenge. But there are, you know, initiatives and programs that they're doing. Uh, some are doing hackathons. Some mm-hmm. are um, running corporate programs. But there are ways to do it in order to, to, to get effective results and continuity, right? Not just do it just because, mm-hmm. hey, you know what? We, we, we did a, a corporate challenge. Mm-hmm. We did a hackathon. But at the end, there's really no meaningful outcome. I've had a lot of conversations with some of the consultants here at SEAC talking about the work they're doing with corporates just to shift the mindset of the people in leadership so that they can get ready to, to work with startups like this, so they can sort of do the prime the engine, if you will, mm-hmm. and, and be ready to take advantage. Because they, they recognize, and good for the ones that do, they recognize that right now, they, if they did it, if they just brought a company in or brought a startup in or did a hackathon, zero benefit. Right. And they have to do the pre-work to get there. Exactly. It's a, it's a lot of commitment. It's just not, you know, three months, four months mm. and say, hey, I did a hackathon and I had some good initiatives. And then after that, there's no continuity or yeah. there's no execution yeah. and, and so forth. And it just goes down the way. And then the employees say, well, you know what? That, well, that was a waste of time. Yeah. All that excitement's gone. Exactly. It's turned into regret. Well, don't let that happen. All right, Peng, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me.